Hey everybody, it's Rajesh here. And Tane here. Welcome to our podcast, Baskets of Knowledge, Chats with a Difference. In our podcast, we invite guests from around the country and around the world to talk about how they got to where they are at the moment. It's about a journey, it's about an experience, it's about their life. Kia ora everybody, welcome to another episode of Baskets of Knowledge. Tane, how have you been since we last spoke? Yeah, good. Um, oh, it's been a it's been a bit of a slow week. I'm still trying to get back into routine. That's probably been my biggest learning. Coming back, you know, I've had a few weeks now to settle back into the flat and get used to some of the things that I'm doing at the moment. But I think now it's time to try and set a bit more of a routine um, in terms of like both exercise and work and other sides of things. So yeah, just starting to get back into that routine, especially as a few more go- uh, coaching opportunities start uh showing themselves so yeah it's been in yeah a slower week but yeah good to be back yeah awesome and anything that's popped off for you in terms of knowledge in your basket um well that's probably the main one in terms of routine um yeah. yeah just trying to get back into it but i guess also yeah just knowing that just because things are slow and steady doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing either you know as, as we've mentioned before i'm very much used to being on the other end of the spectrum in terms of very busy so it's actually been quite refreshing to yeah have a week or two to just be on the slower side of things and I guess now I'm hoping that it will ramp back up again because um yeah I don't like to sit still for too long yeah yes we definitely know that there we definitely know that slow instead is sometimes good to have and you know um I it brings me it I think it really really flows well into a learning that I had this week where um one of one of one of my fellow coaches that I work with in a different space um, spoke about how um, she went really hard into training, was really training hard, trying to lose weight. And every time she she got into a, a peak, the trying to push out of a comfort zone. And and she just, in her, in her reflection, she was like, you know, we're always trying to get out of a comfort zone, but sometimes even just chilling at your peak and just not trying to push out of a comfort zone is also good for you to actually think about where you've come from you know we're always trying to say push out of your comfort zone but if you keep pushing out of your comfort zone all the time when do you actually take time to stop and reflect and think about what you've actually achieved so yeah it's a really cool segue for you in terms of that because you're doing that right now you're you're always go 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 and you know sometimes out of your comfort zone is just the, the heck the reflection and what process mm-hmm. so um yeah very very cool um for regular listeners welcome back again thank you for jumping on again thank you for always supporting us for our new listeners hopefully you find this podcast interesting and you um, choose to share with other people and subscribe and follow us. Um, as always, we try and scour the country to find people that we think were interesting. Um, we know everyone is interesting and has got a great story to tell. And as always, as we say, we would love some sponsorship to make this podcast grow. Um, so if you're out there listening, uh, yeah, yeah, get in touch with us. Today's podcast is a little bit different. Um, today's podcast, we are actually going back to a guest that we have had before. Um, we had this guest... Um, when they were a young person that was traversing um, year 13 and traversing first year of university. And we spoke to them at that point in time and they had crazy cool aspirations of what they wanted to do. And since that podcast happened, what the aspirations at that point in time didn't happen at that right then. Um, and things to change a bit. So we thought we'd bring them on and talk about how, what they really wanted to do happened, but in a whole different way. Um, so welcome to our podcast. Welcome back again, Marcus. Yo, thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you for coming on. So let's let's just remind our, our guests about oh sorry, I guess you are the guest. Remind our listeners about at that point in time when we spoke to you in, in when you were in first year, 
what was the aspiration and what were you heading for in, in that first year? Which was what, three years ago? Uh, four yeah. years ago, yeah. Far out, feel like I'm getting bloody old here, eh? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah um, and, oh, just a, a quick like recap, I guess, for those that haven't heard it or whatever. So, at that time, I had just finished my first year of university, and that was a shit show, to be <laughs> to be honest. Um, just things not really going according to plan and being quite naive and not thinking that, oh, nothing's going to affect me, you know, I'm just going to get to uni and get what I want to get out of it. And um, my aspirations were to get into medical school at that time. And um, unfortunately, didn't get in. But as I believe in the sort of a philosophy, I sort of took under my, I just I took along my journeys that, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, yeah, just a lot of rado and a lot of issues that occurred throughout my first year just sort of deteriorated essentially my overall whole order. So just everything sort of went downhill from there. And um, yeah, I guess now, three years later, I'm. A different person and I reached those aspirations so yeah it's been a very very long long but informative and um enlightening journey yeah yeah and, and you know we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that because I think when we when we had our first um, podcast a few years ago mm-hmm. um you hadn't you didn't know about whether you were in medical school or not and you were still mm-hmm. on on the on the vibe of getting to medical school and as you said just before you were like oh you came to university like a lot of lot of people that come to university with the, what the hey this is not going to happen to me and how do they how what what are the things that happened to you in that first year that you as you reflect back you go actually wait a minute um mm. well I, I was naive i was pretty naive when i was thinking the world was yeah. pretty yeah absolutely yeah so there was a lot of fano things that happened so my quarter was diagnosed so he was in he, he was previously diagnosed in 2018 with prostate cancer, uh, level four. So for those who don't know, level five is essentially terminal. So he was just on the verge of terminal cancer, so end of life essentially. Um, and then he was in remission for two years. And then in 2021, just as I left summer school, the so summer school I went in January, oh, like mid January roughly, yeah, and then stayed till mid Feb, so roughly like a month plus. And um, yeah, essentially, like I found out, at, I think it was the last week of summer school that my quarter was, um, he was diagnosed again with prostate cancer and it had spread to his lungs. So that was a, just a massive hit, like automatically. Um, and it sucked because also like a week later, we had uh, the summer school group, we had all separated and all getting all bit anxious and I couldn't stand being at my hall and yeah just couldn't remember people's names for for some reason which I'm quite a social person and that sucked and um yeah that first initial blow just really just caused the whole downfall like a domino effect of just throughout the entire year um my quarter and I are quite tight like we're quite close because I don't I grew up with a solo mum and essentially I was he was like my only male sort of figure in my life so losing him would be a massive shock and the thing is is that being so, like, far away from Christchurch at the time, Ototahi, that um, especially when we're just about to start a massive course that I've been preparing for since year 10, essentially, year 10, year 9, um, it was just a big blow to the system and my focus and my confidence that really just took a big hit. Um, and, yeah, just trying to maintain contact as much as I could with back home, but, like, he couldn't even talk because it had spread to his lungs. So it was wheezing, it was awful, but 
you know, those Sundays where I'd call him and he was telling me about the ants at the clinic or him being a little cheeky fellow, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that was always nice, but it was, wasn't the same. I felt quite helpless and not really being able to assist in any way with my whānau and how he was going. That really, that took a massive hit. Um, yeah, and then there's things that you couldn't really prepare for happened. Um, and like, for example, I lost one of my closest friends to drunk driving. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks before exams started. So like just everything, like just everything just tumbled over and I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I, my ego, my pride sort of got the best of me and I didn't want to ask for help. Um, essentially, like if I look back at now, I probably should have just take, took the year off, like probably just be with my family and just readjust and recover because yeah, i think but would, but would you have grown like this would you have grown exactly no, exactly that's, that's the question right you know reflection the, is the mature different. thing to have done at that time was to probably ask for help from yourself and then even the maori center that would have been awesome um because i know that i would have had some assistance but yeah at the time i was fixated on a goal that in reality wasn't actually attainable but i had learned a lot from a lot of people around me how to study because even though doing really well in high school but essentially being a little shit at high school but uh, you know <laughs> uh, good academically in high school doesn't translate to university so yeah before it was, it was kind of before it was too late I didn't really ad adapt well um and yeah did okay but not as well as I wanted to and yeah just therefore asking for help sort of you know that's the first lesson I learned and I'd always had an issue with that growing up like I I fixated on like being independent and like being my own man type of thing because I never had one around me growing up so I, like, I wanted to be the ideal role model being strong and being resilient but for some reason I wasn't strong I wasn't being resilient I was being stubborn and um ignorant essentially to the, re the reality is that like no this wasn't it wasn't going to happen all in one like Rome wasn't built in one day you know and yeah I had to talk to you I had to talk to mum and come clean and say like I need help like I need time I need something that's gonna fix me like and provide some fulfillment because I didn't come to university to essentially piss ass around and get into trouble or to drink my sadness away like oh, that's not what I'm going to do like I've never been like that so yeah just came clean and was honest and truthful saying like mate I need help because I'm in a pit and I'm not going to achieve my goals if I continue to ignore it and push it further down the line so yeah and I think, and I think the, short, the, yeah sorry that was it yeah I think there were two parts of that thing there were, there were the parts that you couldn't control like your quarter getting sick and your mm. brain passing away those are things you couldn't control but the thing that I think that's important to realize is there are things that you could control and because of the ego, you, you didn't do that there. And that's a big learning, right? You know, that's a learning, you know, as you, as you know, whenever we spoke, you're like, yeah, everything's all good, everything's all good, but internally things, things were not were not good. And it takes, yeah. it took, it took a, it took a lot of prodding and pushing to go, hey, yeah, actually, actually, let's, let's have a chat and think about that. So when you finish your first year, all right, you know, you have your, your journey, you, um, wasn't the best year for you and at that point you realized actually i'm not going to get into medical school mm. um and i still remember the phone call we had and you were like i it was i wanted a science degree but we actually focused on something different and at that point what is that like for you because 
here you are, you have a goal that you want to do a science degree because you want to become a doctor. And mm -hmm. someone else is coming to say, hey, actually, you should do something different. What is that like for you? Because we had multiple conversations about that there. Yep. Before, yeah. before we got to, before we, before you, before you, we, we chose something. But obviously, it's, it's quite challenging. What is that like for you? Go, hey, wait a minute. Um, science is all I know. Science is what I want to do. But this person is saying to do something totally different. How, how did you feel about that? Well, I wasn't happy. <laughs> I was, I was quite yeah. annoyed because I'm like, I know, I know these things. It's just like everything that was happening around me. I just, I had the blinders on. I was just so focused on a goal that in reality wasn't actually attainable. Um, for me personally, yeah, it was a big blow to my confidence. I was like, mate, I can do this. You know, like have a bit of faith in me. But no, I, I had to think about it. I had to broaden my horizon and think like, all right. Firstly, can I achieve what I want to achieve? Yes. Can I get something new out of it? Like I've never been shy to like do something new. I'm quite outgoing that sort of type of way, but I'm also very set in my ways, like how I like. I'm very particular. Like I like to have things in a certain way. You know, as you know, you've known me since what, like 15, 14 years old. So like, yeah, you've known me for a very long time and I'm very particular, like, you know, how I have things done. But yeah, essentially it was a, it was really like, not disheartening but it was like it was like kind of hurtful in a way because it's my pride and it's like you know I know I can do this thing but I didn't want to be a you know whatever so it's like yeah it took some adjusting and it took some a lot of negotiation essentially but we got there in the end and yeah pretty good yeah awesome and if, if we shift away from academics for a second now over the last the, the next two years of your journey what are some of the things that you started learning about yourself and about other people, you know, that really stand out for you? And also, you know, when we spoke about you, when we spoke two years ago, three years ago, this is when you were studying your, you know, you had, um, uh, you had, you had started to really get into your Maori identity. That was, that was really right. big for you, you know, towards the end of your first year. And so let's talk about a couple of those things, your, your identity, but also the learnings that you had with the people, you know, you, the other day, two years ago, you spoke about a model that you learned that just has really just blown your mind about the, forgot the name yeah. of the models. Yeah, do you want to talk about that there? Absolutely, yeah. So essentially, I um, my research supervisor currently, so I'm doing a research internship at the moment, and um, he's now an associate professor now at UC, so he's, he's left Otago. But he is very close to me. So in second year, I was in his class. I was the class rep for him. And I sort of, I essentially just was honest with him and told him about who I am and what I want to achieve and what I'm going through. And then at the start of last year, he showed me this model called the Sarah model. And it's essentially, it's a five-step sort of model where um, it starts off with, you know, you essentially go through a stressor or something that causes stress or um disappointment or whatever essentially that was me like everything that I went went through in first year and then not getting what I wanted out of it so there was a stress that was applied essentially from the first week of a 36 week year where it's just non-stop content and non-stop work um and then the second phase of that is anger so it's like whether or not you you know, like it's sort of how you react to that stress that you're, 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 you have a negative emotional state, which causes a negative physical, mental, spiritual state. And then after that is re you either reject 
which means that obviously you reject that negative news or that stressor and you cause the cyclic negative process to occur. And essentially that was my whole first year right there, trying to reject and push away all my negative outcomes that occurred. Um, just cause a cyclic vicious nature where I was like, I wasn't myself. I kind of wanted to be alone and just leave, like, be with my thoughts and kind of work through all of that. So yeah, essentially this is the model here, yeah. And then if you don't reject that part of that sort of grieving process as acceptance and essentially second year was acceptance for me. It was accepting what had happened, what I've gone through and do I allow this to define who I am or do I move on from this? And, you know, that's what I decided to do. I decided to essentially put my best foot forward and take it one day at a time instead of thinking five years ahead. And I'm glad I did that because then the last phase is hope and essentially that was a hopeful healing essentially and it's kind of cheesy cringe way of saying it but in order to heal others I needed to heal myself and that was third year and that was essentially looking and building formidable relationships with others and learning from others was a really great way of doing it and yeah I had gotten what I wanted wanted out of that new degree sporting exercise sciences so I had a lot of help especially from Tane he was <laughs> helping me out quite a bit I was harassing him being a whole heart to him but no, we um, did really, really well. And I got the grades that I knew I could always get and maintained that and essentially like broke those negative stereotypes and stigmas that Māori have in accordance to education. And as you talked about before, my Māori identity, it was coming from I mean, Christchurch. Be, be, before we talk right. about that there, let's just talk yeah. about the, the, the Sarah model quickly because, you know, we're going to mm -hmm. go through quite a bit. So I think it's really cool that the Sarah model was introduced to you because, um, you know, this model can be used in not just not just what's happened to you, but in a lot of different situations. You Absolutely. know, I, when I look at that, cool, this is something that I think we all do it, but we're just not aware that there's actually a model out there that 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 is a philosophy or a methodology that people do. So it's pretty awesome to see that there is something. And I guess, Tana, you know, you would have probably had some of this happen in your world as well, but in a different situation. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very applicable to certain aspects in my life, um, especially, you know, applying for things, trying to do new opportunities and not always getting them. And I think, yeah, I think the hardest part is the acceptance and uh, the rejection into acceptance, I guess, you know, because it's so easy to reject, 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 because it's easier to do that than actually accept that there's something. And I guess for me talking more so in the mental health space, you know, when I finally decided that I thought I'd go to a therapist and again, it wasn't necessarily because I was really depressed or had something that was to a point where it was critical, but it was just the point in my life where I thought, Hey, this is a good chance for me to accept that it, it doesn't have to be looked upon as something negative and something that's wrong with me, but more it's a sense of allowing me to have that opportunity to talk to someone once a month and know where I'm sitting, knowing where I'm at, especially with all the things that I do. I don't often have time to reflect on that on my own and in doing so it just allowed me to yeah, really accept that it is okay to be that way. And yeah, as you say, it's applicable to a whole lot of different scenarios as well. So it's a really cool um, model to be aware of. Yeah, and, and, I, and I like what you just said there about, you know, um, or every single one of us goes through shock, anger, rejection. That is that is what we do. We all do that there. It's the difference is when, as you said, going from rejection to acceptance, that is the hardest point. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy for us to talk about it right now, but, you know, 
Tane and Marcus and myself, when we to go from rejection to acceptance, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen over three days or four days. It's a long process. And then, um, but to get to that process, you can't do it by yourself. You know, sometimes you need to do introspection, but also you need some introspection from other people to say, hey, actually, you know, this is this is it, but we can get out of it. Because sometimes we can get so dark in a hole that we don't see the light at the end of the hole. At the end of the, at that tunnel there. Not saying that this works for everybody, but this is a great model to keep in mind that hey, you know, this is there is there is um hope after acceptance. So yeah. And um before we come back to you, Marcus, um, what is it like for you, Tane? Because um, as Marcus said that you know he started doing sports and exercise science and you this is this is your jam. Um what is it like you're navigating somebody here who's now decided to pick up this program but the goal was to get into a medical program and you who's done this program here, what is it like for you mentoring somebody? who became a friend, I guess, along the way. Yeah, I think it was it was quite interesting. Like, it was quite, I guess, inspiring to have someone like Marcus who, you know, looked out for help and stuff like that. And I think it wasn't necessarily always about, you know, lab reports and stuff like that, but it was also about his journey, about different things that he was going through um, during different periods of his life. And I think for me, it was quite nice too because I'd seen a similar reflection in myself in terms of when I was doing you know some of my papers it always seemed like everyone would come to me for advice and again I never really had that person apart from I guess lecturers and stuff like that to you know be able to give me advice and you know I, I did get to points in certain papers where I was like you do realize I'm in the same paper I'm doing the same stuff and yet it's you know it seemed like I was supposed to know everything because that's just the way it was um, being quite outgoing but again I think it was helpful in both senses, you know, to see Marcus's point of view in terms of not necessarily, uh, I think the way I saw it was he brought more of a professionalism and a, you know, like he aspires quite high to achieve, which isn't necessarily always seen in sport and exercise just because it's not a competitive program, you know, like med or dent or one of those professional programs. But in the same sense, I think I was able to show him at the same point of time, you know, that it's not necessarily always about the grades you know there was a lot of things that he took and if I hadn't have changed that mindset around looking at it more holistically and how these all interact with each other you know I think that taught him that you can bring all these different aspects of your life into your study but also align it with different things that you're doing as well um, so yeah I think that's the great point around uh, mentorship right like it's a, it's a two-way street and I think we both learnt a lot of each other, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. <laughs> yeah, Marcus, you know, I think I think one of the before, I think one thing we were going to talk about is in your first year, you were just gung-ho trying to get your grades and, you know, not asking for help. But in the next two years, um, balance came into your life. Like um, Tana just said before, you know, you still wanted to get the grades there, but you started getting involved in other things. Do you want to talk about that, how that was like for you? Because, you know, you, you found your passion again. What was that like for you? use the word passion quite loosely because everyone uses that word, but I'm going to say you found your thing again, your mojo. Yeah. So, I mean, it took a lot of like reflection to be honest, because like, I was like, oh, I don't really want to bother with like extracurriculars if I'm going for this, uh, you know, this, you know, this massive academic milestone, I guess you could say like this achievement that I really want. Um, But yeah, no, I took upon like being a class rep for, I think five papers across the last two years. So that's been pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I didn't realize that, you know, all my mates who had done it said like, nah, it's piss easy. It's bugger all work. And then, you know, my first paper that I did it, there was a 
problem with the online exam. It took me an extra seven weeks out of my holiday to bloody fix. But, you know, getting emails like, oh, I'm, I need this to pay to graduate. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know, I'm like, I haven't even graduated yet. You know what I mean? So it's like pretty full on. But yeah, and then essentially I took away, like, I always knew I had leadership skills. I've always been told that, but I was a little bit too much of a cheeky father in high school to actually become a prefect. So I, um, yeah, didn't get to actually use those. But yeah, in university, like, um, I was in a bit of a low self uh, sense of self confidence and self esteem. So like, I thought, you know what, let's just finally do it. Like, just just go for it. So yeah, then I became a class rep for Specs Two Hundred Six, which is a Māori Hauora physical education paper, and that was under Jeremy Harpeta. So my current research supervisor and he um installed his faith into me and essentially the class rep's job is to facilitate communication between student to lecturer because I think a lot of students find that quite daunting and quite intimidating and I definitely felt like that in my first year like didn't really feel like I could talk to these lecturers and no it's actually they're, they're normal people at the end of the day they're just very very smart but you know um essentially that I Yes, yeah, so I've did another couple of papers and all that. And then I was also part of Te Ropupu Taiao, so the Māori Science Leadership course, um, which was pretty cool, even though, like, I had said I got some other commitments that I couldn't really, I couldn't juggle all of them at the same time. And when we stretched too thin, I saw poor brother Tane, you know, he was very stretched really thin in 2023 and 2022. I was like, oh, I don't want to be like that. But, you know, he's a special type of person to be able to do that I'm not like that at all <laughs> just you know I like my time and all that but yeah I think other things like PEMA so the PE Māori Association that was cool getting amongst that and sort of being a voice for the Māori students is something I'm quite proud of and always will like to do that I was part of the Tuakana Tena program oh, I feel like I'm just boasting at this point but um yeah like yeah I was part of the Tuakana Tena program so I was a I was no longer the one being mentored. I was the mentor, if that makes sense. So this fella, this Māori boy, was doing house sciences first. And I said, right, here the, here's the mistakes I made. Don't copy them, make your own. Essentially, that's all I said. And yeah, he did really, really well. And I'm very proud of him. So yeah, I felt like I did a good job. But essentially, I did like 5% of what he did. Like he, you know, he did the rest. But no, it was a uh, learning from Tane and other two kind of that I've got as well in my life that have been beyond influential this told me like it's good to get the grades but it's also good to do other things that make you help feel full fulfilled you know so if initially that was really hard for me like I was like no this will get this like an A plus will make me happy and it, it does for like a, a couple of hours and then you're like okay now it's next the next assignment's due or you know it's just like it becomes never ending whereas like <coughs> pardon me um you know doing an activity or going out and hang with your mates is a great way of feeling healthy I guess yeah yeah beautiful and, and you know one of the things that um you know you spoke about all the academic things your class ripping all that's all cool 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 but um I wanted to talk about the other thing that's probably more important in terms of you as a young person was in this journey was your um your closer link towards your Māori identity because you know as we spoke in our first podcast you spoke about growing up in Christchurch and being ginger and being looking 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 Pakeha we spoke about all that there right. 
in your first podcast, but now you now you're in an environment where you're able to forget about that. There, well, when I say forget about it, that's just not the environment you're in anymore. So over the last two years, what has your growth been like in terms of your own Maori ability? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So essentially, like I just felt this strong disconnect um, during my first year. Like I didn't feel like I knew many Maori students. Uh, I think from what I know. There was only one other that I knew. Person, I don't know about others, but yeah, she's a really like one of my closest mates. But yes, but only other one in my hall that I knew. So yeah, it was, I felt like it was a very small community, and it is. But um, essentially, yeah, I just talked to Arihia Joseph, I Arihia, so of the Māori Centre, um, Matuatama, and all that. So yeah, just got connected with them again, and just told them, you know, what I was going through, and they gave me a little what were you doing? Like, you, know, you could have came here any day if you wanted, you know, like all that sort of stuff. But as I said, I was driven by ego and pride and not by reality. So, yeah. And then, um, yeah, just volunteering. So I got involved with Te Pai Kōtuku, which is a um, the Māori Science Leadership course. So you get, you just apply and you, you tick all the boxes. You got accepted and you, it was like, I, think it was, I believe it was three workshops and each one's emphasizes particular part of your taha Māori, so like your Māori journey, your identity, who you are. And then, yeah, like my, I used to be fluent and then high school, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to study Māori because it interfered with all my sciences and that sucked. So there was a, I wonder why, but yeah, it was a clash there and oh, I was ridiculous, but yeah, essentially I felt that disconnect and then being, from Ōtautahi with a strong, like, ethnically diverse group, you know, like I had a lot of Māori, had a lot of other ethnicities as well. Then come to Dunedin where it's not really the case. Um, yeah, it felt a bit, it just, yeah, it was just a bit out of whack. But, yeah, did a lot of volunteering. So I got out of my community, just, um, yeah, being with the Māori community was awesome. And, yeah, you sort of discover that passion and that, that why again, which was motivating, but, yeah, you also learn discipline and consistency and focus and yeah that really I, without those volunteering hours I don't I don't know how much I did I can't like 90 hours or something like that I don't, I don't know but without that I wouldn't be where I am now where it's like I'm more aware about the communal um issues that occur that which aren't ever raised like you know there's no awareness about it they just get forgotten and stuff like that you know, even like just planting out in the marae, like, or sweeping or whatever it is, like anything I can do to help and make someone else's life a bit easier is um something I really strive to accomplish and really want to do because I feel fulfillment out of that. Um, yeah, so, you know, essentially through that taha Māori journey, like learning about whakawhanau ngā tanga, so building formidable relationships with others, manaki tanga, aroha, stuff like that, I was able to do discover that why and that passion and it was even amplified and it made my job easier even though it wasn't an easy journey it wasn't an easy job to accomplish but it made it easier in comparison to first year absolutely yeah totally and i think you know um it's quite helpful that you have people that you could that you could um get out to but also you know and i'm sure it wasn't easy for you at the start you know the ego you know lots of ways yeah. to come into i need to do that thing and you know as we've said from the start you're academics were driving you so you're like oh, why why would i do this why would i go and volunteer but as you said you know you learned a lot about yourself just by doing that there um let's fast forward so fast forward you do you work hard you do all these cool things here um 
18th of December, 2023, or 19th or whatever it was, whatever the date is. You, so you've graduated, you know, you're, you've done your graduation, you've got your degree, um, which is very cool, well done, and now you're waiting. What is that, what does that wait like for you? You know, inherently, you know, those of us that supported you knew you would, it would be, um, it would be pretty crazy if you didn't get an, an offer, but obviously there's always, there's, the world is a crazy place. Things that I think are obvious, <laughs> obvious might not happen. What does that wait for you like? as you graduated, but you've got your degree, but that's not wasn't the goal. The goal was to get into medical school. Okay, uh, simply put it like this, right? Here's 2023, here's 2021. That was shit, that was awesome. Like, I was not nervous at all. Awesome. Um, and it was quite funny. I was um, I was at the Wharepaku on the 16th of December, and I got a notification that I'd received uh, an academic prestige scholarship or something, right? For my academic performance it's not boasting but that's when i knew okay we're looking good here i remember i texted you straight away <laughs> and i didn't tell you where i was but that's where i was <laughs> not the most hygienic place but yeah we got that done um uh all my mates and stuff know that's exactly where i am about 20 hours of the day <laughs> very ridiculous but um yeah so um yeah and th- for me that, that was a good indicator like okay i think i've cracked it here and my grades are really good but um and i stay consistent i showed improvements 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 i got top of about i think five out of the seven papers i did so i was really really happy about that really pleased about that um and yeah i felt good in comparison to 2021 where you know the laptop crashed and like i just knew it was all downhill from there and it's like oh shit this is what it, I, I just accept the fate now essentially um, but yeah, no, I kept the comparison. The difference is, is that it, I knew what was going to happen in a negative way. In comparison, I, I felt like I knew what was going to happen in a positive way. Like it was, it was not, there was no nerves. It was excitement and it was, you know, it was, it was pure excitement. I was just waiting to hear the good news. So yeah, I had my girlfriend on a FaceTime call to the left of me on the 18th. And then I had my mom, my nanny, and my quarter around me, and my little brother. And then, you know, it was real funny actually. I don't know if I told you, but um, there was a fourth year medical student at that Māori pregrad, and she was there for one of her mates. And um, she came up to me and said, like, "Oh, your speech was awesome, bloody, bloody, blah." I was like, oh, "Thank you." And she's like, "You know, med results come out on at one a.m. on Monday." I'm like, "What?" So like that night's sleep was awful because I was tempted to just crack it open already, but. No, I, I, I said no. And then um, at 7am, I had a look. And I was like, oh, shit, it's there. So then I, I grabbed my laptop, ran out to the kitchen table. And then, um, yeah, I had I checked the, the first one was dentistry, got in. So I was pretty, I, I felt pretty good after the interview that I got in. Um, but I still sat down and then I was like, oh, here we go, here we go, right? Like, we're, we're, we're cooking, we're cooking with some heat here, you know? And then, um. I stood up for to check the medicine one. And then as soon as I saw it, I just like, I was like, holy, you know, like I just started jumping up and down and it was like, and I just fell to my knees and just, I was just started like ball my eyes. I was like, holy shit, I did it, you know? And then mum was funny. Yeah, she like, she needed to get her glasses. Like she couldn't read the bloody laptop screen, but yeah, no, nah, it was a, it was probably the most overwhelming feeling of like, just a raw emotion and gratitude like it wasn't like 
oh yeah, I'm the shit. Like it was nothing like that. I don't think. And if I had have gotten in in 2021, that's how I would have felt. This time it was pure gratitude and appreciation because I said it in the um, Māori Progress speech, but if, you know, I could be here for half an hour thanking, you know, there's so many people who I, who I could thank that didn't even know. And there's people who are doubters or would talk shit about me at high school or whatever, right? Saying like, you know, like I, I had family members saying like, oh, why would you do that? Where you could just go in the mines or whatever, like people who just doubted me or talk shit behind my back or whatever, right? You know, and there's that, that feeling where you just want to say, you know, this is for you, like, you know, that's for you, right? But in reality, like, you know, I decided to be, like, I wanted to be humble and wanted, I wanted to show that I've matured, you know? Um, and yeah, I just kept it to myself and only told people who asked or who wanted to know. So yeah, and um, yeah, it was just a, a the best Christmas present I could have ever asked for. So yeah, it was a, yeah, it was probably the, my, second biggest achievement i'd say for me it was growing from first to this year so that's my biggest achievement i think and it's not like i don't get a medal for it i don't get a you know no one pats you on the back saying oh well done like no this is uh, i had to go through all that shit all that adversity working three times as hard as everybody around me you know learning and making a few mistakes on the way but it's like you know i was so fixated on getting hundreds and you know, if I got a 99, you know, like I didn't, but like, you know, if I got a 99, I'll focus on the 1% that I got wrong. You know what I mean? So exactly right. Like I'd focus on the 1% I got wrong in comparison to here's the bigger picture here. And you appreciate, oh yeah, I did get one wrong. Shit, but I got one wrong, you know, that's fine. You know, it is what it is. And yeah, like, I think I became a happier person. I, you know, I, I am who I wanted to be. It just took a bit of time you know, as I said at the start, that everything happens for a reason. And yeah, I'm really happy with where I'm at now and my journey. And now I've got a new journey to start. So yeah, buzzing. I think, I think that the biggest thing from there was the fact that you, you know, the reaction was totally different. If you had got this in your first go, you'd been like, yeah, you, the, the, you wouldn't have changed. I just, I just know you would have, the ego would have been there. You know, yep. you would have, wouldn't have grown. And as you said, you know, the biggest change for you know, is actually, hey, well, this is actually gratitude. So, and that's beautiful. And you know, it's beautiful that you had the people that were important to you as opposed to, you know, some people wanted to share with the whole world. So yeah. that is, that is really, really awesome. So well, well done. And, you know, you had all your people inside showing you on um, 99%. Oh, you didn't get one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. 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 I think like, I just, I, I observed and I looked at, as you asked me before, what have I learned from others around me is that I learned that like, it's going to sound bad, but these corny TikTok videos and, you know, saying like, oh, you need this. You shouldn't need to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. You don't need to do that. Like you need to appreciate what's happening right now. Like, if you wake up at 7 a.m., right? You wake up, if you wake up at 12 p.m., you wake up at 12. I don't care how you do it. It's that you appreciate what's happening at that time and that you're happy and that you're healthy. Like I, I see these, we won't mention names, but PJ and I know certain someone that puts it out there too much and it's, it's yeah, it doesn't get them anywhere, you know? And like, yeah, I think I learned from that. It's like, I don't want to be someone who's like, whose whole life is dependent on getting something. Like I want to constantly get a goal. Or if I don't get that goal, I'll work even harder so they make sure I get it next time. Or, you know, like I think for me personally, it's like, I can't be dependent on 
that's how I was in first year. Like I made it like my whole life is I want to get medicine. And then I didn't, I was like stuck in them. Like, oh shit, what am I, you know? So like, I've got my culture, I've got my whanau, I've got my friends, you know, my partner, like I've got sports, I, you know, I, I blitz it in fitness now. Like I, in comparison to first year, I was a fat slob essentially. That was, was living on Indomie noodles and the cafe and then the whole food. And then essentially what he was around fatty lane, like, you know, like it was, essentially just like that and then the books so being able to transform i guess and learn the rights and the wrongs was but i think yeah. that's uh, that's what a lot of a lot of us a lot of people is a human a human flaw not a, it's not it's just a marcus thing where a lot of us are married to mm. our titles of whatever we have you know i am a doctor i am this i am a this and then you forget that actually if you take away that title what are you and that happened to you while you interest yourself the learning happened really really great yeah. for some people that that doesn't happen until later on in their lives so it's really really pretty really good Marcus, we've been speaking for almost 45 minutes. Um, so just to yeah, just just to wrap up, wrap it up. Um, Tani, any questions for, for Marcus before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think one question that I was having or that I've thought about because I've had it in my own journey as well is in turn, I'm going to come back to your Māori identity. Oh. And do you ever get a sense or a feeling that you should go back home you know that's where your whanau is that's where you fuck up to and you fuck up to other areas so is there ever that sense of not letting them down but i guess that sense of oh i should go back because that's my community and that's where yeah that's where i should be every day <laughs> every day i go i go through that um essentially it's for me i yeah i don't want to work on someone else's time i want to work on my time and I don't want to return home until I feel like I've gotten everything that I want to get out of it before. I want to be able to pro like um, provide better health outcomes and better life outcomes for people of my community, but not just, I don't want to singly focus on my community. I want to focus on everybody. So obviously start on my community first, then broaden out. I think I had to gain a bit of cultural competency, as I like to call it, before being, I can't, yeah, I, I, if I couldn't communicate a Māori to, you know, my my people, you know, you know, I feel like that's a big disconnect already. And, you know, feeling whakamāna, a bit timid and anxious to go back home is a big thing. And it's something that I've appreciated and acknowledged that, yeah, it is like a massive thing to go through. And yeah, like at pre-grad, I was getting harassed like quite a bit, like, you know, come home, come home. I'm like, I will on my time. And they, you know, they're, they're, very appreciative of that and yeah I think for me personally yeah like it's just gonna work on my time I don't think I there's not there's not a due date like you know it's not an assignment it's like I will travel home when I feel like I'm ready and right now I don't feel ready like I think I just need to do what I need to get done first and yeah be a little bit selfish essentially like you know but still you know, maintaining that bridge of contact yeah I think and communication is imperative to yeah yeah forming that relationship yeah yeah I think that's quite cool I think that's something I learned in first year as well you know like I was very much the same I was like oh it just seems like it's a sense of belonging or you know like it, it seems like you, everyone has to go back home because that's what you, you know like you have gone away you've been given the opportunity so you should give it back to your community but I had mm -hmm. a speaker come in and she was talking about you know there are people that will stay home their whole lives and that's their duty and that's what they love to do and that's what they're passionate about but there's also people who can go into different communities and they work with those communities and that's not to diminish their value to their own community but it's they're able to translate 
or you know translate their ideas and enforce their ideas in other communities and they almost make that their community and they better that community while also representing their own whanau and their own you know so and I think that changed a lot for me especially because I wasn't strong in my Māori identity I thought that was you know that's the common thing to do is that you have to go home and you know help out the marae and help out whanau back home because that's yeah I thought that was the norm but I think it's yeah it's awesome that you've been able to recognize those things but also yeah as you say on your time so that you don't feel pressured that you have to go back or that you're letting anyone down because it is yeah sometimes it's just a misconception rather than an actual social norm yeah yeah you just don't want to feel pressure because eh? that's mm. not going to make that engagement any you won't be excited for it you just feel like oh i have to do it like mm. no just do it on your own time yeah absolutely and I, and I guess that refers back to um the podcast we had a few weeks ago with shaylin where we where we spoke about home and where actually is home you know home is such a it's such a crazy crazy thing you know um it's such a crazy concept you know you fuck up over to a place but also you move to a different place and that becomes your place and that becomes your place and every place you go you, you create a community and then you know like you said um because then you said tana you know you've also spent a lot of time in Dunedin. that becomes a space where you start giving back to this community here because they have given you stuff and then you go back to Taranaki or back to Otatahi and you give them back and then Tana you go back to sorry Marcus you go back to Taranaki because that's where you fuck up, fuck up too and you give back but at each stage you're always giving back because they're your home you're like a snail you keep changing and that's fine you know um, it's all good you know um, I think and, and you said Tana it's the social norm of home traditionally in a long time ago when everyone just stayed in one section one area it's very different to now where the world is a global place where homes are changing all the time in terms of what we can do. So it's a pretty, pretty crazy, crazy cool concept. So it's really awesome that you do it in your own time, Marcus. Marcus, um, last question for you. As you know, our podcast is called Baskets of Knowledge. And we invite our guests to provide one piece of knowledge to put into a basket. You've given us lots, but is there anything specific that you'd like our listeners, myself and Tana, to think about from your last few years of experiences about anything to bring to our basket of knowledge? Hmm. I think just take your time, eh? I think take time to be grounded and be humble and appreciate what's around you. You know, certain things that you strive for aren't going to be on your tombstones. You know, you know, people are going to remember you for who you were and how you treated someone. You know, and I think that for me, that was probably the biggest learning I've learned is to just take time and yeah just be kind to each other and um yeah because the thing is is that yeah as what's gonna be on you know what people will remember you for the at the end of the day is how who you were as a person how you treated someone if you gave them the respect and you treated someone with the utmost kindness and care that absolutely that's what they'll remember you for and you know i think yeah that's what i'd say is just to appreciate what's around you at that time not five years in advance or whatever just yeah just think about what's in front of you and you know right now for example it's appreciating that you and Tanya took time out of your busy schedules to talk to me and be on this podcast or you know it's a good so catch you. up you know? so, so did you yeah <laughs> but yeah. you know it's like that and it's being able to have a little corridor with friends you know and you and Tanya as mentors as well for me that you know, I appreciated the fact that if I needed something, i.e., you know, a letter recommendation <laughs> or whatever it was, a lab report, you know, or, you know, whatever it was, it was 
always there if I needed it. And I always appreciated it at that time, you know. Um, and yeah, just recognizing, you know, what's more important and is to be a good person. And yeah, just appreciate what's around you right now and not in advance. Yeah. I love that because there's, there's actually two learnings in there. Um, and and mm-hmm. then one, and then the one sentence, the learning number one is be present, be present in what's around you because too often we're either living in the past and the future, forgetting about the present. And the second one, which I think is, the first one is, is hard to do. You have to practice that. You know, this is, this is, this is hard. But the second one is easy. The second one is just be a good, kind person. You know, be a good, kind person. And it costs nobody anything. And this, any, anybody can do this here. You know, it, it, even if you're having a shitty day, you can. it doesn't take you a second to smile at someone and say, hey, how are you doing? That's it, you know. Um, so, yeah, beautiful learnings there, Marcus. Beautiful learnings there. Marcus, thank you for jumping on today. Um, you know, it, it's really awesome coming back, you know, three years after your your our first podcast to where you are now and the growth that you've had is really quite immense. And yeah, you got into med school. That's cool. You know, it's awesome, but it's not about that. It's about the learnings that you had along the way, which are probably the most important things. Um, you know, and as you go through your next stage, as you said before, over the next five years, there'll be lots and lots of learnings you'll have and, you know, and you'll change and grow as a human being as we all do. And if you don't change, then something's wrong. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, any last words, Tana, before we wrap it up? Uh, it's been a good podcast. I've enjoyed it. And yeah, it's been cool to see Marcus's journey. And I think, you know, he proves that, you know, that's not always straight sailing. And I think that's a timely message for a lot of people, you know, and, but it's been cool that he stuck with it, you know, cause it's, as we say, it's just as easy to go back home or fall back on, you know, something else that's comfortable, but he, you know, he's stuck at it. He changed his mindset and his philosophy. And I think he's, you know, much better off for it in the long run. So yeah, it's been pretty cool to see. That's awesome, exactly. And Marcus, thank you very much for jumping on. Um, for our listeners, um, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you picked up something new. If you didn't pick up something new or interesting, jump back again and listen again because I promise you there's a lot that is in this podcast here. Until um, next time, be safe, keep smiling, be kind, be a good person, be present. Um, and don't forget to like, share, and comment on our podcast because, you know, we'd love you to share this, this information around. But the most important thing, apart from being kind and being present, is don't forget to be to put something into your past knowledge. Till next time, kakite, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basics of Knowledge. Yeah, we hope that you found something useful to put into your basket of knowledge. And as we said before, remember to put something little into your baskets of knowledge every week. And as always, feel free to like, comment, and share this podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you.